I'm living my best life. Yeah, yeah. I'm living my best life. Made a couple M, you know. I said, I'm living my best life. I said, I'm living my best life. Made a couple M's with my best friends. Turned on my L's in the last hands. You see the whip pulling up, it's like skirt. Dream pulling up, I'm like skirt. I'm living my best life. It's my birthday, at least that's what I'm dressed. I'm here with the John, John Carter, John Claiborne, um, artist, music fanatic, um, photographer, model, you know, my homeboy since fucking 2012, you feel me? This is my first podcast, I'm very excited to do it, and uh, I'm here with John. John, how you doing today? Uh, nervous. I'm doing, I'm doing, doing really nervous. This is, I'm not, I'm, I'm used to talking to people in person, not really publicizing but now it's kind of time for me to say things that are on my mind and in the going about a lot of things. So nervous, excited. This is the podcast to do it. Your first one, my first one. Shit, let's get right into it. So you know, I've known you for a while. I know you like to to dabble in art. I know you like to dabble in music. I know you like to dabble in photography. I mean, what led you down this path of creativity? Honestly, I've always been a creative person. Uh, but when I got older, I got pushed into sport and just like the typical male, I had to do sports, doing anything besides that in the black community is deemed to be weird. So I got pushed towards that. I've always been interested in movies, always had this fascination for it. But now since I've gotten older, my body don't let me do nothing sports wise anymore. So I just dove into the things that I like and not really caring anymore about the opinion to actually be into it now. Okay, I respect that. I respect that. You know, me, myself, I play sports. I'm not a really creative person, but you've helped me discover my own creative side and helped me dive into, you know, video production, the editing, you know, getting into different types of music. You know, now I'm trying to do this podcast thing. We've been talking about it for a while, and I, I really appreciate that. I never told you that, but I, I really do appreciate that, my nigga. No problem. But the thing is, the thing is, don't say, a lot of people have this connotation of people not being creative. Every single person on the face of the earth is creative to their degree, to their degree, not completely as a Picasso or a Basquiat or anything, but that's just, because they 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 tap into a different they're putting realm limitations on themselves is what you're saying yeah, yeah exactly okay and everyone has a everyone has a creative creative thought creative process it's just are you willing to step on it and see what happens right and I was I was able to step on it and I'm I'm still working on it as yeah just still working on it I respect that so you know. As you can see, there's a painting above you. Can you, you know, show the painting for me, you know, get it on the screen? Okay. You know, all right, we have a painting. As I said earlier in the podcast, you know, Claiborne 2.0, whatever you want to call him. I like to call him John. That's my brother. But he's been all over the realms of creativity, music, video production, photography, painting, anything you can think of. The nigga has had his dick in it. 
But <laughs> my question is, out of all the artists you've studied, all the pictures you've seen, and paintings you've seen, is there a particular person that you like to, you know, try and model when you're painting or like, you know, you take photos, you know, you follow different photographers and you try and model your style and your scheme and you're editing off of them? Or is this all John Carter, three R's? So, so with the painting aspect, there's multiple, multiple people that I, I look to as in not recreating, but I, I consider painting just the same thing, but just interpreted into a new person's thought process, going through another person's brain. But the main three people, main four people that I look to is Rothko, Basquiat, Picasso, and Pollock. And all four of them for different reasons. Rothko, because he understood that art is really just more about the process and the thought behind being an artist. Not really the the conversation of what is in the painting. So with Rothko, he a lot of people aren't familiar with him, but he literally just blocks of squares. It's a shitty, shitty way to describe it, but that's the only way I can best describe it at, at this time. So there's really nothing on it that will make you notice what it is. But his art is so profound that when it first, when he first started commissioning it to people, there was a, and it moved people so much that they would stand in front of it and cry. Like they would come to tears with it. And there's really nothing too crazy about it. With Picasso, he, he's a different man. He's, he actually understood the meaning of being an artist and took it and ran with it. So he, he had his issues with sex, fucking politics, personal life. He was, he was, in my consideration, the first real commercial artist. Basquiat, I, I connect with the most because as a black male in America, it's really hard to just be yourself and be who you are. So he did that. He found a way to, to express himself. Pollock, it goes with addiction. He was an alcoholic, and he could paint. He realized that the best way to paint is just by action painting. All these things are very simple, yet if you can't do it, you can't do it. Photography, on the other hand, shit, fuck, there's there's a lot. Um, Let me see. don't have any books of them. But Jorgen Teller... Uh, Ren Hang, Andy Warhol, who else, who else, who else? Those are the main people that I can think of right now that I look to and give me inspiration and more of a way to process and go 
understood that art is really just expression of self. Art is very, um, what's the word? What's the word? Uh, shit. What's the word? What's the word? Uh, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's on your own perspective. It's on your own perspective, really. So, yeah. That's what I have on the art side, really. Now that I've uh, dive, dove, dive, dive, whatever it is, I've, I've come into my own self when it comes to art, and I'm starting to notice the art, you know, whether it just be simple graffiti or, you know, the little paintings I see around if you walk into, you know, big establishment, I'm starting to look at them more and pay attention to them more and just you, like I said, you've really opened my eye to a, a, a very broad, wide-ranging amount of art that there is in the world. Literally, there's art in everything that you do. There's art in everything that you see. And the more and more that we talk about this stuff is that I realize that even just something as simple as doing this podcast, it's art and creativity. And you've helped me realize that on such a bigger like platform, like even though like, you know, a lot of niggas do this for money and things like that, but this is helping me with my creativity and it's an outlet besides, you know, getting tattooed. But, you know, another question I had was, you know, I want to know why you didn't finish sports and do you regret not doing sports or, you know, doing the normal thing that a, a 21 year old or a, a, a teenager would do. Uh, 22. 20, 22, 21, you know. From from eighteen to twenty four is a specific time in your life where you know you go to college, you go out, you go party, you drink, you know, you you go to class and you do all that shit. But you you've taken a different route in in, in terms of life and how you how you see things. And I just want to know, like, do you, do you ever have times where you look back and be like, damn, you know, I wish I would have you know finished running track. You know, you were a great fucking track athlete. You know, you could have did that. Damn, I wish I would have put more time into to wrestling or I wish I would have put more time into to football to be a better receiver or shit. I wish I would have, you know, took school serious. I'm not saying you didn't take it serious in high school, but it was almost at a point where it was too easy. So you kind of like put it to the side. I, I wonder if you ever like go back and wonder like, damn, what if I really like put my shit into this and took it another level? You know, do you ever regret that being not, not doing the, you know, the normal 18 to 23, 24 year old shit? Regret would be the reason. One of the main reasons there's two main reasons why I didn't finish sports. One is because my body was slowly deteriorating, and like injury after injury, yeah, they were very minuscule and small, but those lead up into being big things. And like you said, me doing football, wrestling, track back to back over and over again and I really don't even have a break between those, I wouldn't be able to do anything. I wouldn't probably not be able to even walk. So I I realized for me that sports, hate to say it, is a form of slavery. And the time that it made me realize, I was talking to someone during football practice and coach one of the coaches started yelling at me about talking about something that had to do with the sport. And I just realized, I was like, I, I don't need to be here. I don't need you. 
you need me because you you get paid to have people on that field. You get paid for students to be in your facility. I don't get paid for any of this. You get a check because you coach. Yes, it might be a little bit. It might be a lot. But you get paid nonetheless to tell people what to do and how to do it. Yes, this may what I'm saying right now may come off completely wrong and completely bizarre to people, but I just couldn't I couldn't live my life being told what to do with something that I barely even like to do. And half of these coaches who tell you what to do are really fat people. I hate to say it, but they're this is not me fat shaming, this is not me body shaming or anything, but these are people who were athletic at one point and stopped being athletic and now they take out their anger of them not being athletic anymore out on the people who are actually athletic and they need them. So then how so does, I don't really, how does that explain, you know, I mean you know that there's a different tier of athleticism wherever you go, you can tell when you see a nigga that's, you know, that's five, that's going to go D1 versus a nigga, you know, that needs a little more development. How does that differ between, you know, do you think a coach gets into his star athlete just as much he gets down into the nigga that's not really doing shit, or you don't think there's, like your experience, you tell me how it was in high school, your, your fucking quarterback, was your coach digging into his ass as much as he was digging into yours? What's, what's the difference between that? Because there's some where, you know, He's digging like my my high school experience. Even though I was, I want I'm not here to you know to say I'm all American, all motherfucker. You know hey, I was a top level athlete, guy. but that guy. My my coach was still digging into my ass at the same rate he was digging into the low tier ass. You know what I'm saying? So tell me what did you see a difference in how a coach attacked not attacked came at you versus how he came at the star player? There's a huge difference. There's a there's a huge difference. On instance, there's a story about uh, as as a football player, we we had to be accountable for each other, right? Right. You know this because you play sports and everything. So accountability is one of the main things. So he told us when practice, if anyone ends up late, yada yada yada. No, let me let me actually say it. If anyone ends up late, I'm kicking them off the team. They will have to deal with the repercussions. They will have to do this. They will have to do that. Everyone was like, okay. So one time I showed up late because I had another sport to deal with. I got cussed out. I got yelled at. I got in trouble. This, that, and the third. One of the players who actually produces at a high rate and helps out the team more than he actually shows up to practice, showed up late. All he did with him was, hey, you stand on the sideline. You watch your teammates run. Okay, I understand that. That's cool. That's cool. It's his first offense. Good. He produces. That's that's wonderful. But it was a constant thing, and that was the same repercussion every time. For me, I don't think if he was if he wasn't producing – he would have been off the team. But him producing, no, slap on the wrist. You're good. Just don't do it again. That that don't enter sports. Yes, politics are in everything known to man. But for me, not to brag, but 
I was better than most, worse than some. So I was able to produce as much as my body could let me, which was more than some. And it's just, it's like a mental trap for me at least, because that's not really what I wanted to do. I thought that was what I was supposed to do. One of the main reasons why I even did sports, even in college, was because you get priority registration. You get you get the first of everything right. when you do sports. So that was the only reason. Then I realized, I was like, what, what will help me in the next 10 years? I won't be able to do sports at all. My body will be horrible. Like now when I wake up, my knees crack. I'm only 22 and my knees crack. My shoulder hurts when it rains. Bro. So I, I I think I wasn't able mentally to sacrifice my body for something that won't even last me for the rest of my life. That's That's where it came in. Is it a regret? To a certain degree. Because in track, I was good enough to to go D1. But it wasn't worth it. It was not worth it at all. You don't think going to a university or a school would have helped you produce even more, like further your education in the art field even more than it is now? I understand that, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm an old motherfucker, but, you know, you got the internet and you can fucking YouTube whatever you want to understand something. Like back in my dad's day or my mom's day or even your mom's day, like they couldn't go on YouTube to figure out how to do this on Photoshop or Lightroom to make it look like this to get the ending product to look like that. You know what I'm saying? Do you think that going to a school and being on a scholarship where everything is paid for, you don't have to worry about it, could have benefited you more than just how you're learning it now? Because I, I understand that you're in the industry and you're around people now that know what the fuck they're doing or else they wouldn't really be up in the industry, right? So do you think that maybe going to a university and learning something like majoring in the art field, something in the art field, whether that be, you know, cinema, cinematics or photography or, you know, there's there's art majors out there. And do you think that would have benefited you more than how you're learning it now? Or do you think this way is benefiting you more? I think this way is benefiting me more because if I would have went to the university, if I would have went and stayed and did all of the things that was deemed for me to do, I wouldn't know anything about art. I was a psych major when I went to school. So art wasn't even even close to being on my mind. Yeah, for me, school, college at that point is really not about who you, it's not about what you know, it's about really who you know. It's all about connections at that point. Like, like you said, yes, we can find everything on YouTube, but you can literally go to the library and find the same books that they tell you to buy in the library. There's 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 online websites that have the books that come from universities that you can buy just off of off rip. People are so people want that piece of paper. I yes, I regret a, a tiny bit of not finishing college. I'm still thinking about going back. But right now, no. Not at all. 
my time. Why, why do I, I don't need to figure out what I want to do for the rest of my life at age 23. Most of the people who actually do anything that comes from college and got their major, either their parents told them to do it or they knew it would make them money and they're not happy. So I'd rather be happy, broke, than rich and miserable. Because you can't buy happiness. Can't buy I've, happiness. I've learned that. Right. I, I know a, enough people with a decent bank accounts to know that you can still be sad inside and have everything in the world. Right. At, at this point, the way that the world is going, you just have to find inner happiness. And I don't think that would have made me happy by staying in school. It was stressful. It was stressful for no reason. Right. Okay. No, I don't. I don't regret it. That's good. Everything that's meant to be will happen, will whether happen. you there's like a, it or there's not. There's a higher power, and then he has his path set just, out for you, whether you want it to go that way or not. Exactly. Yeah. And I figured it out at an earlier age than most. That's the good thing. So there's a lot of people out there that don't know you as well as ne- as necessarily. Excuse me. <clears throat> there's a lot of people out there that don't know you as well as they think they do. You know, you know, I wouldn't say you're a closed off person, but you don't trust a lot of people off rip, and that's how it should be. Uh, and I just want you know, I want people to know you've moved from Nashville and you came to California. You didn't start off at Beckman High School. You've actually been around the different high schools. I believe you're at Dana Hills. And then I think you went to Garden Grove, and then you came to Beckman. I've known you through all that process because, you know, we were friends before that. But I just want to know, do you think that your creativity and the way your mind works now would be the same if you didn't go to Beckman? Let's say you ended up, you know, at Dana Hills. You know, there's there's a big difference between South County and North County. You know what I'm saying? There's a big difference between, you know, Westminster and that area of town where Garden Grove is versus Beckman. Shit, let's even say you didn't move to California in the first place. Let's say you stayed in Nashville. Do you think the creativity that you have now that has been sparked would be the same if you stayed in either of those places, whether that be in Garden Grove, whether that be in Dana Hills, or whether that be in the great city of Nashville? Mm, I think I would be more... If I stayed in Nashville... I'll probably be doing something with music or I'll be a carpenter. A carpenter? I didn't know that. Why Why a carpenter? Because with my dad and my grandfather, when I was younger, we always were building things and fixing people's roofs, fixing people's floors. Like at age 11, I was going with my dad to help clean banks, huge banks, people's homes, businesses, all those things. So I don't think I would be necessarily as into art as I am now. California has given me the benefit being able to be where museums are. So Nashville, you really can't really you can't do anything. I've always I've always wished to live out here. So now I have that me standing I don't think anything would be happening with my life if I stayed in Garden Grove. Because that was just a, a weird void of life at that point in time. I didn't know about anything. 
being at Dana, I'd probably I'd probably be in Silicon by now. Because you, well, you kinda all, you kinda cut out a little bit, you'd probably be where? Silicon Valley. Silicon because Valley. I I saw I saw the first Tesla there, saw the first Fisker there. I saw a lot of the first things that we love today in the technology world at that school firsthand. And I would still be angry. I would still be a mean person. Why is that? So being a black man in a full white, you have some type of animosity. Understandable. Some sort. Understandable. So I think the way that I bounced around actually helped me understand who I am today because it gave me the opportunity to be able to understand different parts of life, understand different types of people. So once I moved to Beckman, all walks of life, and I knew how to address all of them accordingly. So I would, I wouldn't be where I am today if I would have stayed in any of those places. Beckman. I definitely think, you know, growing up around different people and seeing different cultures or different walks of life definitely shapes you and make you more acceptable to things that happen in the community you're in. Um, you know, being in Nashville is different. You know, I go to I go to a school where I go to a PWI and a lot of the people on the football team come from the south and they're used to HBCUs and they went to high schools that were all black. So, you know, coming to a PWI was kind of like it was a hard transition for them because all they'd ever known their whole entire life was black, black owned business, you know, you know, all the clothes they were wearing for, from black people who, who made the clothes stitched to themselves, you know, they were around black right. people all the time. So it, it was a hard transition. So I definitely think even living in California, venturing out because, you know, a lot of places are like, if you're not in a big city, let's say you're not in, you know, New York, you're not in, you know, Miami, you're not in Los Angeles, you know, you're not in Dallas, you're not going to get a lot of variety of people. It's going to be uh, the same consistency. Like if you go to North Dakota or South Dakota, you're going to have your, your reservations where the indigenous people live. And then other than that, it's going to be a sprinkle of black people, a sprinkle of you know Hispanics, and then the majority is going to be white people. So I definitely think growing up and attending different schools and moving around definitely shapes different people. Um, you know, <coughs> being an artist... You know, you see a lot of artists that, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> you see a lot of artists that are, you know, that kind of dibble and dabble in, you know, you know, you know, smoke a little weed here, you know, try this drug here, you know, try and expand the mind a little bit and reach beyond what is right in front of them. Do you agree with that? Like, what is your take on taking drugs that are harder than marijuana? Or there's there's a lot of things outside of just marijuana. So it's like you have your LSD, you have your mushrooms, you have your DMT, you have your mescaline, you have your coke, you have your meth, you have MDMA, you have all of these things. More more I don't more of the, the drugs that expand your mind a little more. Not not more so the party drugs, you know. 
you know, the, the Molly, the MDMA, whatever, you know, the Coke, you know, those are more specifically towards like party drugs. I'm talking about the drugs that, you know, that more artists are known, like, let's go back fucking however many years. Let's go back to the 80s, the 70s, and the 90s, and we're talking about like... mushrooms and psychedelics. Yeah. Do I, I agree with that? What's your take on it? Would you engage in that? Like, how how do you think it helps? Do you think it benefits in the art world? Like, what what is your take on it? Those things, I, I what I've heard from people who have taken it and what I've heard from people who have done school research on it and everything, spiritually, it will find you before you find it. So, you could find it and you could take acid it'll be a bad trip if it's not the right time for you to take it so all of those things they come to you when when it's time a lot of people want to rush into it that's how it messes up and you get a bad feel for it Mm -hmm. my take on it is if you think you're ready for it do it in a safe environment do it with people that you trust and make sure it's the right you're taking what you're said you're taking. Those, that's all you can really do at that point. Because most of the people who take them as artists, like Picasso did opium. Mm-hmm. Picasso, uh, Basquiat did heroin. That's, those are two different drugs, kind of the same drug, but in separate times. So, that goes back into the past of their family and the people that they were around. So that it's, it's, it's really, it's really a toss up on the people that take it. Most, yes, most artists are known for taking it just as, I think a lot of artists are just curious. That's really what it is. Curious and reaching another ground of life. Because most artists, I consider just fuckers who who are too broke to have therapists. That's really what they are. Yeah. People who are too broke to have therapists and need to get their their feelings out in some form or fashion. Wow. Interesting. I never thought of it that way. So because most artists have some type of pain or hurt, some type of depression, and they. Most of, most art is made from people who who have that in their body. Right. You know, winding down on this podcast, first podcast. First of all, I'd like to say that I'm not in endorsing. Right? Is that the word? In endorsing? Yeah. I'm not. I'm not endorsing, I'm not endorsing drug, drug use. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying you know go out and try this if you're an artist to expand your mind. I'm just. I'm just curious from an artist's perspective on. What is their take on the artists that use drugs? You know, being in that field that you are, I'm sure you see people that use these drugs and you see, you know, whether that sparks creativity or whether that, you know, changes their mind a little bit. So I just, I'm asking for that perspective. I'm not endorsing drug use or any of that. Just throwing that out there. Mom, if you're watching this, we don't take drugs. Or if you're listening do- to this, we don't do drugs. But, um... I don't- yeah, that's I. You know, uh, I really enjoyed doing this podcast. Uh, I want to do more in the future. I'm gonna try and go out and interview as many people as I can during this process, and then you know, if this gets to you know be something that I enjoy, 
I'm going to come back to you. We're going to see how it's going in the next couple of months. And we're just going to have you as a, a regular guest back on the show. I'm going to figure out a name. I'm going to get some artwork to go with it. I might put some cuts in it and make some music and commercials. You know what I'm saying? Like, this this is a dope podcast to figure out, dope interview podcast, figure out more about the person that you're around, you know? So there's some things that I, I thought I knew about you. I know a lot about you, but there's some things I just learned about you that were pretty dope. Never knew about the carpentry piece, you know? Never knew about you like discovering all that. What? I'm like geek. I'm like Jesus. I was a carpenter. My number was 33. I'm like Jesus, y'all. I ain't gonna die at 27, though. Remember that. JC, 33. And I'm going to insert uh, crowds booing when people make terrible jokes. I'm going to do all of that. And, you know. It wasn't a joke, though. It wasn't a joke. I am like Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to just throw in some booze. Some it's cheers. 6 o'clock. Appreciate that, Jeffrey. But, uh, you know, it was a great, great. Wait, wait what, what was that? Oh, Jeffrey, my laptop, he tells me what the time is and how long I've been going for. So, you know, I'm up to date on the time whenever I need the time, you know. So if I ever get lost in some work, Jeffrey just spitting back the time, you know what I'm saying? Look at the clock and be like, damn, it's six o'clock. You yeah. got to have Jeffrey to tell you, huh? Exactly, you know. Sometimes I just I just be so deep in it. I be, I be, I be face deep, nose deep in it. And sometimes I just got to, you know, get out of it. <laughs> Get out of here. Wipe my I face. Really appreciate you. I really appreciate you giving me the time to actually speak on on a lot of things. Kind of wish we had a little bit more time. But, hey. It's the first podcast, you know. I, I, I got I to gotta figure out, you know, what's the right time segment. You know, if I should go a little bit longer, a little bit stronger. I got to figure out if I got the endurance for that. Or if I need to cut it shorter, you know. Sometimes, you know. That clock come quick. Gotta, gotta get a quick one. Yeah, I feel you. Quickie. But uh, much love to my brother, Claiborne, John, 2.0, Carter with three R's. Hit him up on Instagram. Is there anything people should be looking out for in the next couple of months? Any big fucking photo shoots coming out? Any art projects coming out? You know, if you make a decision to go back to school, anything? Expect the unknown. Yeah. A wise man never shows his full hand. A wise man never shows his full hand. Just just be on the lookout for me in general. 2019 and beyond, I'm going to actually try to actually be more social and be out. I'm, I'm not really a, a social person in the first place, but... As I'm getting older, it's time for me to actually get away from that and become more of a people person. So I think I'm not saying I'm above people, but I'm going to show my face more, become more of a people person. So that's really all that's going to be shown is me. Is there any social media you want to shout out, try and get some followers? You know, if you want to go ahead and shout that out, this is the time. Make sure you spell it because, you know. I don't, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know if I'm going to do the video aspect or if I'm going to do just the audio. I'm still working through that in my mind. Go ahead and shout that out. Instagram. I don't have Twitter. Yeah, time out. Instagram. Time out. 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 
Speaking of no Twitter, what the fuck are you doing deleting your Twitter? I've been sending fucking golden tweets to the group, and you haven't been there to fucking laugh at them. I'm over Twitter. Hmm. Over Twitter. Twitter is just the same, same shit over and over again. Like, the, literally the same shit over and over again. And I got tired of seeing it over and over again. And it was just a, I think social media is horrible. Yes, we all have to have it at this day and age, but I think it's horrible. So I'm starting to cut down through Twitter first. I don't, I don't like, like you already know, I don't like really being out there like that. And that's just one less thing I have to be out there with. But I have Instagram. Go ahead, shout your Instagram out. Let people know. My Instagram is John Carter. J-O-N. C-A-R-T-E-R-R-R. Three R's. You heard it. Trademark it. Do what you need to do. John Carter with the three R's. We're here first on the first podcast, my fucking podcast. Thanks for giving me the fucking idea, and thank you. That's the name. What? My fucking podcast. That's the name of it. There we go. Boom. Found it. Boom. We found the fucking podcast name. My (laughs) fucking podcast. All right. Thank you. Of course, bro. Much love. Be easy today. Smoke a blunt for me and uh, enjoy yourself. I don't do drugs. I mean, weed's not really a drug, if we're being honest. I do drugs. Anyways, be easy, my brother. All right. Peace. Bye. I enjoyed that.